Now, this has been a very prophetic weekend with Chuck here. It's going to be. He's a prophet of the Lord. And this morning, I want to stay in that vein, that mode, a prophetic mode. And I want to declare a biblical principle. It is a prophetic key for our times and then a prophetic word. Christ's kingdom is emphasizing a very vital key right now to the body of Christ, to the remnant. And we've got to learn to use it. It is a very critical weapon of our arsenal. And remember, in fact, Chuck prophesied again to us what he has prophesied on two other occasions that we are to be an arsenal, an armory for our region and for our nation. Uh, a place where the weapons of our warfare are taught and activated from. So I want to come at that and, and talk prophetically. We've heard so much even the last few weeks. Let's see if we can get the perspective and put pieces together today. Matthew 16, 18, and 19. Jesus said, and I want us to pay particular attention today that this is what Jesus said. This is not what any man taught, it is, not, it is not what his apostles said, it's what he said. Matthew 16, 18, and 19. On this rock, I will build my church and the gates, referring to government and referring to authority, the government or the authority of hell shall not prevail, overcome, We've seen that. Be strong enough to stop it. It shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Keys represent authority in the scriptures. If you have the key to a lock, you have authority over it. You can bind it or loose it. You can lock it or unlock it. We have, we have the authority to open doors or close them, lock them up or unlock them. We have been given governing authority on the earth uh, through Christ's kingdom and in his name. Remember, Psalms 115 and verse 16 says, the highest heaven is it belongs to the Lord, but the earth he has given to man. The highest heaven, of course, is the third heaven. There are three heavens. You have the atmospheric heavens, the astrological heavens. But above that is the third heaven, and that belongs to God. Not that the others don't, but it's talking about a residing place. And he lives in the third heaven. That's where the throne is. He, he he says that the highest heavens belong to me, but I've given earth to man. To what? To steward it, to, to oversee it, to be a governor uh, uh, upon it. The authority of hell or hell's government, he says, Jesus says, cannot overcome the authority that I've given to the government I put upon the earth. It most certainly cannot overcome the king himself and his authority. It cannot overcome or prevail against the authority of the other self of Christ, who is the Holy Spirit. 
And now the king says, I'm giving authority to my church, my ecclesia, and hell's not going to have the power to stop it either. Get rid of any notion that, that, des that describes or declares that the church is not going to win. We are going to win and we are going to win big. Get rid of any notion that the king can't do what he said. Get rid of any notion that the Holy Spirit is not uh, powerful enough to anoint us to prevail and to beat anything hell throws our way. Now, listen to this in the Amplified Bible, Matthew 16, 18, 19. On this rock, a huge rock like Gibraltar, I will build my church and the gates, the government, the authority, the power of hell, the powers of the infernal region shall not overpower it. Again, this is the king's statement. Shall not overpower it or be strong to its detriment. Doesn't say it won't try to be a detriment. He said they, they won't be strong be strong to its detriment or hold out against it. The church has flipped that. We're trying to hold out against hell. The king said, no, I'm going to make you strong enough. Hell can't hold out against you. Get your, get your, get your thinking right. Hell's not going to be able to hold out against the strength I give to you. The authority I give to you. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind, declare to be improper or unlawful on earth must be what is already bound in heaven. In other words, agreement. You, whatever you bind on earth must agree with heaven. It must agree with what heaven, what heaven is saying. There's gotta be agreement. And whatever you loose, declare lawful on earth must be what is already loosed in heaven. Or what is already, what heaven has already agreed to, what it's, what it's saying. Jesus said, hell will try to be a detriment, but I'm going to anoint you to be so filled with strength that it's not strong enough to be a detriment to you. And you're going to be able to bind it. You're going to be able to loose the power of God in such a way that there is freedom and doors are going to unlock. Now we are in the era when that is going to become very visible in a very clear and uh, plain way on this earth. The world is about to find out whether, and this is what it's trying to, it's trying to set the narrative and trying through that narrative to back the remnant down, to back the people of God, the heirs down by saying you're non-essential. If we buy into that, well, we, if we buy into that and that becomes our, our communication, then we begin to build our, the, be, begin to build the own, our own barrier around ourselves. And we begin to activate confinement rather than liberty, rather than freedom, and rather than the activation of government, kingdom government on the earth. 
we must, and we are now in the era where Holy Spirit has heard the determined purpose of heaven. And now you will see that the church is not a non-essential entity. It is the most influential entity on the planet. And it's going to be seen that way. You're, you're, you're in that right now. And you're, you're going to see it start to rise very, very quickly. But see, we have to get the right perspective because if your perspective is wrong, you're going to talk wrong. And if you talk wrong, you're going to get wrong. You got to say what God says. Well, let's listen to Murdoch's translation. He's a Greek scholar, Matthew 16, 18 and 19. I will build my church and the gates of death shall not over shall not triumph over it. Again, this is what the king says. It will not triumph over it. To thee I will give the keys to the kingdom of heaven and whatever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven and whatever thou shalt unbind on earth shall be unbound in heaven. That is a very accurate Greek translation. Think about it. You'll be able to bind anything on earth that various things that hell throws as a detriment, but he said, you'll also be able to unbind. I don't know about you, but I'm seeing plenty that needs unbind, untied, unchained. I don't know if it's correct English or not, but it's correct Greek. We are called to be unbinders. You're an unbinder. This, in this divine planned for era, which it is, when Holy Spirit leads the true church, we will now see things bound and unbound. The heirs are binders, they are loosers. They're unbinders. And it's time to get about the business of doing exactly that. Again, we have allowed hell to flip this and we have allowed hell to bind us. Well, you can't do this. You can't do that. In fact, don't even come to church. If you do, only a few of you can. We'll tell you what to do and we'll tell you when you can do it. We'll tell you everything. We'll tell you what you believe. In fact, we know, uh, hell knows, because Lucifer was the worship leader of heaven at one point. He knows what worship stirs up. So his statement is, shut up, you can't sing. But we're on binders. We bind him, not him bind us. What should our reaction to be? Just what we did today. You're holy, you're worthy. The rocks are not going to cry out for me. Mm -mm. You see, you have to get the perspective right or you speak wrong. And if you speak wrong, you get wrong. Yeah, that's all I'm trying to say today. I'm not, I'm not trying to be deep. I'm trying to be accurate. And I'm trying to say this doesn't take, this isn't rocket science. The king didn't ask us to do something hard. He just said, think like I think. 
Get that perspective, say what I say, and make your stand. I'll back it. The Message Bible, Matthew 16, 18, and 19. This is the rock on which I will put together my church, a church so expansive with energy. Hear what he just said, the king said. He did not say a church whose energy would diminish. A church who, 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 a church that becomes weaker and its energy diminishes. No, he said it will expand in energy. It just keeps expanding. Expand means to keep going, not retract, not contract. Uh uh-uh. Expand, expand with such energy, he said that not even the gates, the authorities of hell will be able to keep it out. See hell, here again, hell posted a sign that said, keep out church. I, 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 I hunt a lot and now every now and then you come across property that's posted and it says, keep out. Hell posted keep out posters. Keep out, church. Keep out of this. Keep out. Keep out. No, that's not what the king said. He said the gates of hell won't be able to keep us out. Now, that's what we need to declare. You're not going to keep us out of anything. You ain't going to keep us out of anything. No, we're not honoring your posted your, your posted sign. Why? Because you weren't given the authority on the earth. God gave it to the ecclesia. So your, your authority is broken. Your power is broken. And we're not going to honor your sign. Hell's not going to be able to keep it out. And that's not all. You will have complete and free access to God's kingdom. Keys to open any and every door. No more barriers between heaven and earth, earth and heaven. A yes on earth is a yes in heaven. A no on earth is a no in heaven. Again, that's agreement. If if you say no to what heaven's saying no to, if you say yes to what heaven's saying yes to, In my name, the king said, it's going to be done. A church of great glory is rising to stand against hell and its antichrist agenda and say, no, stop it to some things and unbind some other things. Please understand. Here's where we're at. The most important church, ecclesia, The most important church in world history is now rising. It's now rising. It's been expanding for 2,000 years, not decreasing, expanding. It's been expanding in revelation, expanding in power, expanding in, in, uh, in its authority base. It's expanding in the amount of the remnant. I mean, when Jesus made this statement, there were a few dozen 
of his people at the most. There were 12 apostles, a few others, a few dozen people heard this. Now we've been expanding. There are millions of us. There are millions of us. Jesus, he said, Jesus said, I'm building it. See, man's not building this. If man were building it, I would be quite concerned. Even if I was building it, I would have some current concerns. I may not say it, but I would. But, but I'm not, man's not, not the real ecclesia. Man has told the king, we will build the, the modern church. The, the, we'll, we'll build the nominal church. We, we really don't need that. We don't need the Holy Spirit. We've got plenty of good ideas and we'll take care of things on the earth. That's not the ecclesia. The ecclesia that Jesus is building, he is the builder. Nobody else is building it. And we got to get that through our head. He's boss and so is Holy Spirit. That doesn't decrease us. That increases us. Holy Spirit is a divine equal part of the Godhead. And he is on the earth to release power to fulfill and activate the true ecclesia, which is the name and the description Jesus gave uh, Jesus used to define what we call church. We are in a very momentous time, a momentous moment, and hell can't stop us if we follow Holy Spirit. Remember the word from last week, Holy Spirit gave to me that I gave to you. He said, I will now reintroduce Holy Spirit to the world. He will now function in visible leadership of my ecclesia, visible leadership. He has not been visible in leadership the last probably four or 500 years, the way he should, certainly the last 50, he's not been visible. We said, Holy Spirit, stay in the, stay in the parking lot, stay over in the side room, or maybe we'll let you show up at home, but, but we don't want to have ecclesia meetings that you lead. The earth has actually said that to the Holy Spirit. And the king says, no, no, I'm going to enter you into my remnant. Maybe all it gets it. My ecclesia is going to understand. Holy Spirit is to be the visible leader of your meetings. He's to be the visible leader of what the ecclesia is about. He will now function in visible leadership of my ecclesia, my church, and will release explosive power throughout my kingdom. We're in that season right now. Explosive power is going to be visibly released throughout the world. Hell can't stop it. Notice Holy Spirit. The Lord said Holy Spirit is being reintroduced in some ways and introduced in some other ways. One of those ways I believe and I touched it a bit last week, but one of those ways he is being introduced or reintroduced is as Lord Sabaoth. That is the name meaning Lord of angel armies. Right now on the planet, he is going to be reintroduced as the Lord of angel armies. That's why the multiple divisions of angel armies is being downloaded to us and their function right now. That's why I wrote the book 
about it because right now the earth is about to experience Lord Sabaoth moving not just among the apostolic base of remnant heirs, but also moving as Lord Sabaoth, the Lord of angel armies. He has led those armies from the very beginning. He led those armies clear back before man was ever created. Now, we, we've had this understanding it's a wrong perspective. What happens if you have the wrong perspective? You say the wrong things and you get the wrong thing. We go back before time, back before man was ever created. There was a time that Lucifer led a rebellion against God in heaven, tried to take over. And he got one third of the angels to rebel against him and try to take over heaven. Please understand something. God didn't even fool with it. He said, all this is going to take is Michael and his angels. Notice, and Revelation 12 declares it, there was war in the heavens. Michael and his angels fought. Lucifer and his angels fought, but they weren't strong enough. And he threw them out of heaven. Think about that. One division of the angel armies took care of all of hell and everyone in it at the time. What I'm saying is Lucifer doesn't have near the power he's told you he has. Mm -mm. And the, the angels don't have the authority the heirs have. Wow. We got to understand who we are. We got to get a different perspective and stop worrying about what hell's doing and start and stop worrying about what heaven's doing. I'm not worried about what Jesus is doing. I know what he's doing. He's building his church. He's, he's uh, uh, honoring his word. He's answering prayers and he's activating armies of heaven to overthrow hell's kingdom. In other words, Hell can't prevail. We win. He is also, Holy Spirit is being reintroduced as the chief op operating officer of Christ's kingdom on the earth. He is also the divine leader of the kingdom of Christ's ecclesias. And as also, he is introduced as the commander of the ecclesias remnant army and the angel armies. See, Holy Spirit, the other self of Christ, is the most important being on the earth right now where the ecclesia is concerned as far as leading and strategy is concerned. Also, the Lord said to me, and I, I gave that word last week also, for the ecclesia to rule and reign as intended on earth, it must partner with Holy Spirit. And he added the line, it is not an option. It's not. Holy Spirit is not an option like you click onto to get a car. Okay, I'll take tinted windows. Oh, maybe, a, I don't know, power, this, that. No, he's not an option. He's not an option. The church's success has been and is now dependent 
on the partnership of the Holy Spirit. And we must be empowered by him and we must be led by him. That's what the king said. In fact, he did more than say it. He commanded it. You say, well, that's elementary. I know. That's why I don't understand why anybody could miss it. And yet 90% of the so-called church is. Sila. Now we have seen quite an emphasis the last past month or so, especially Holy Spirit and his government language. But King Jesus is reminding the church, the true church, he's reminding of this government language more and more because it is now time for a very aggressive shift to take place in the true church and Holy Spirit's bold leadership and his leadership as Lord Sabaoth is involved. And as, as his followers, we are being called now to rise up and change things. And we're going to do it with Holy Spirit's visible leadership and with him praying through us in restored heavenly language because that language is in agreement with heaven. Remember a few weeks ago, and I need to lay this foundation before I prophesy, we saw that in the beginning, everyone spoke God's spirit language, everyone. Father God spoke it, Jesus spoke that language, Holy Spirit spoke that language, angels spoke that language. This language had the life essence of King Jesus infused into it. It was an alive language. The word of God was in it. The word was with God and the word was God from the beginning. It was language that had the governing ability of God in it. It was filled with power, dunamis, power capable of anything. The king's authority was infused into the language. It was filled with creative abilities, so much so that it created the universe. It was language that was used to bring order out of a chaotic mass we now call earth. It was probably an ancient Hebrew language, at least that's what I think, because It is a a derivative of that is what Abraham spoke. Abraham was a Hebrew and he spoke that language. But some derivative of ancient Hebrew is this language. We were told and are told it is anything's possible language. Well, God's God's supernatural power-releasing spirit language is what he taught to Adam and Eve, who then taught it to their kids and so on until Babel, when God confused the language of man because of man's sin, idolatry, rebellion. And from then on, man spoke natural languages, flesh languages, until Pentecost in Acts chapter two, the first New Testament Pentecost, when God sent Holy Spirit, another equal part of the Godhead, to restore spirit language 
to newborn sons and daughters of God. He reversed Babel and restored anything's possible language. Nothing's impossible. He restored governing spirit language. He restored the dominion mandate, which ties to and why Jesus made the statement in Matthew 16, 18 and 19. What he said in Genesis 1 concerning the mandate, he now restates concerning the ecclesia. Matthew 16, 18, 18. I will build my ecclesia. I'll build my church, a governing body, a ruling body, a voting body that decides issues on the earth. Hear it from the Greek text I've given to you many times, but we need to understand some things. He literally said in the Greek language, whatever you encounter of hell's council, its government, its leadership, that I'm determined my ecclesia, used 113 times in the New Testament, my ecclesia, my New Testament church, will prevail against or overcome. It will then face a decision as to whether it forbids it or permits it. What transpires is conditional to their response. If they do purposefully and consciously involve themselves in forbidding or permitting the issue on earth, they will find, you will find at that future moment when you do, my entire kingdom will back you from heaven. The entire kingdom, all my armies, Everything I have will come behind you. It will stand behind you. It's conditional to our response. He said, I am reactivating, in other words, the dominion mandate. Go and have dominion, subdue the earth. This was implemented on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. Holy Spirit came to restore God's spirit government language, his power language. So we see that a key to the church's governing as intended is praying in other tongues as Holy Spirit gives the enablement. Hmm. Well, we have laid down, we've laid down one of the biggest weapons that we could ever possibly use. Praying in other tongues, praying in the spirit is governing intercession. I remember four or five years ago, I, I was studying this. Oh my goodness, it's, I can't believe I've gone that long already. I'm not where I want to get. Um, I remember four or five years ago, I said, Holy Spirit, why tongues? I mean, why? Because I didn't really understand what some of what I just talked about. That's when it came, came to me. But I said, why tongues? And he answered me out loud. I heard it. He said, it's government language. And I remember for days thinking, it's government language. Of course it is. How did I miss that? It's government language. It's power language. It's governing language. That's what it is. It's government language. And it was like, 
like a revelation that just ingrained inside of me what was really being said. And it put so many pieces together. Why tongues, it's government language restored to the heirs on the earth. We've got to see this supernatural rep weapon because it's a vital key to the ecclesia doing what it's assigned to do in our times. Now, this is the language that the prophet Zephaniah prophesied would one day re be restored to God's people. And it was on the day of Pentecost, Acts 2. Here's what Zephaniah prophesied. Zephaniah 3.9, God said, he says, he says, God will restore a pure language again to his people so they can call upon the name of the Lord and pray and serve him in humility. Notice praying in other tongues, three things here. It helps us call on the name of the Lord. It helps us pray and it helps us serve in real humility. Message Bible reads this way. In the end, I will turn things around for the people. I'll give them a language undistorted and unpolluted, words to address God in worship and united to serve me with their shoulders to the wheel. Notice praying in the spirit, praying in other tongues helps us worship God. It, it unites us and it helps us serve our Lord in such a way that it puts all our shoulders to the wheel, all our shoulders to pushing the burden. King James reads, for then will I, will I turn to the people a pure language that they may call on the name of the Lord to serve him with one consent. It puts our mind into one consent, into agreement, agreement. Because if we think wrong, we talk wrong and we get wrong. The Amplified Bible reads, for then changing their impure language, I will give to the people clear, pure, clear and pure speech from pure lips that they may all call upon the name of the Lord to serve him with one unanimous consent and one united shoulder bearing the yoke of the Lord. Notice praying in other tongues provides a unified shoulder, the shoulder of the ecclesia, the remnant army, a united remnant to push the burden, to push the burden away, a united shoulder. Basic English Bible reads, for then I will give the people a clean language so that they, they make all, they, so that they may all, all make prayer to the Lord and be his servants with one mind. Now, all translations and all Hebrew scholars doing the translating define this pure language that will one day, Zephaniah says, be restored to God's people. And it was on Pentecost. 
They all describe it as a prayer language. Every one of them do, no exception. All of them define it as a prayer language. And one that brings those who use it into unity, into, into one mind, into one consent, into a unity of purpose, into a unified effort of burden bearing, into a unity of cause. Praying in other tongues, praying in the spirit has got to be one of the ways Christ's prayer in John 17, 26 is answered. Jesus prayed there that we would be one. Now he was talking there to, to the ecclesia, to the remnant ones. He was not talking to, to the nominal church. You'll never get them to consent. You'll never get them to do it. They're never going to pray in tongues. They think it's of the devil. They have so misunderstood the scripture, they'll never consent. But he wasn't talking to them. When you, when you look at the New Testament word ecclesia, you are looking at the king talking to his remnant heirs. The ecclesia, the government, the governing ones. He's not talking to everybody. You will never get everybody to do it. We know that. But it's been expanding and now there are millions of us. And hell's not going to know what hit them. Now, one of the definitions of praying in the pure heavenly language that Holy Spirit gives us with is it draws us into unity. There's another place we are at right now. There is a holy supernatural pull of unity on that glorious remnant and that ecclesia to come together like we never have before. It's pure and it's supernatural language. It's intercession that can bring the remnant together. It's around the world now, everywhere, all, all it says, all. Not just here, not just this ecclesia of all of them. And there are a lot of us. It's intercession that can bring all the remnant together in one mind, in one accord, which God says is nothing's impossible language. It brings us into a unity of purpose to govern on the earth as intended. Come together and praying. Yes, pray in our native tongue of English. Yes, make decrees in English. It's vital to our confession of faith. But beyond that, praying in, in our spirit prayer language, praying in our kingdom's spirit prayer language puts all of our shoulders to the wheel. It puts the inclusive ecclesia remnant warriors and the whole army shoulders the wheel. We all start pushing. We all start pushing. We all start pressing. We supernaturally led by the Holy Spirit start pushing together. We become a God shoulder on the earth. We, we shoulder a burden. We, we shoulder the burden and push it. We all do. 
There's a divine agreement. Remember Jesus said in Matthew 18 and verse 19, when, whenever two or three of you agree on anything, they ask in prayer. My father will do it in heaven. Well, praying in, in the spirit certainly brings that agreement. Hmm. Praying in the spirit agrees with heaven. A yes in heaven, a no in heaven. Hmm. I remember also, I remember so clear the time when I just was thinking about that. And I said, Holy Spirit, please explain what you meant by that. I want to know. And I remember I laughed out loud when he said, I always agree with myself. <laughs> it was another one of those dumb moments. Of course he does. No matter how many of us are praying in spirit language, no matter, no matter where, no matter if it's Ireland, no matter if it's Australia, no matter they, there can be unity of agreement and a united shoulder begins to press and push hell away, push against, push back. He can use us to all shoulder the yoke and we push together in the spirit of unity to what? To release government, government, government authority, kingdom government authority on the earth. It's what he said. It's pure prayer. So we, we, we're starting to see a working function now of kingdom government authority and government language. We start to see the Holy Spirit beginning to take a leadership, visible leadership role in all of this. It's pure, clean, uncontaminated prayer language. It draws the unity or draws the remnant into a unity of purpose or cause. And it gets the remnant pushing the same wheel in agreement. Now that is something we've never seen. It's been so hard to get the church to agree on anything. And as I said, we'll never get the nominal, but it's been hard to get anybody to agree on anything. It's been hard for me to get you to agree on everything. It's been hard for you to agree with me on everything. It's just, but can we agree that Holy Spirit always agrees with himself? And can we agree that his supernatural leadership can put all our shoulder to the wheel and pray a yes from heaven on the earth or a no from heaven on the earth? Oh, oh, he has a plan and it's a good one. It's phenomenal. It brings us into a unity of faith, activating govern, governing intercession. This is where we are right now. Don't think nothing's happening. Oh, plenty's happening, but you have to, you have to look with spiritual eyes. You have to hear with spiritual ears. No, since May 31st, the third literal Pentecost ever on the earth, 10 weeks ago, Holy Spirit's been calling to the Ecclesia hubs. He's been calling to places just like this and people just like you. He's calling to the righteous remnant. It's time to shoulder the wheel. 
It's time to push back against with my authority. It's time to come come into a unity of the Spirit, a unity led by the Holy Spirit, a unity uh, of a divine shoulder. In other words, not just us in Middletown pushing, but all at once. A people daring to be led by God says, all right, Holy Spirit, here. We're going to shoulder the burden together. You're going to lead and a no is coming to heaven against hell's agenda and a yes is coming to kingdom expansion in Jesus name. Singers and musicians come. It's been amazing to see what I've been able to see just in these Well, since the COVID thing, really, it's amazing to see the prayer effort of the righteous remnant. He's he's synergizing the voices of the heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ in this year of the voice. Think about that. Pay, the Hebrew letters of this year. Pay means the year of the voice. Think of what has come against us to try to muzzle our voice, including a symbolic mask. It's more than just COVID. There's an effort of hell to try to muzzle the church. But he's anointing us with power. Now this stand is so aggressive. I've never seen a remnant, an ecclesia, more resolved to win and beat back hell than I'm seeing right now. Uh, it's, he's anointing. It, it's like a spiritual draw, a spiritual anointing to see Christ's will be done on the earth. Ecclesia hubs are unifying. Prophetic networks are unifying. Apostolic networks are unifying. So Holy Spirit can lead a concerted effort of the inclusive ecclesia to contend for the faith that was delivered to the saints. Intercessors are synergizing right now all over this nation and world. It's incredible. I've never seen a greater prayer effort. Millions are praying. And Holy Spirit is anointing that remnant to pray. Praying power prayers praying miracle prayer, praying through us, Christ's government on the earth, praying through us prayers that bind the strategies of hell and unbind, unbind the strategies of God. Would you stand please? In the remnant, the true ecclesia, the true church, this unity of purpose is rising now very aggressively. If you're in an apostolic hub, especially like this one, I I mean this in a kind way, but you're either gonna get in or get out because there is a, a Holy Ghost anointing of defiance coming against hell. We're not gonna be playing patty cake with him. This is war. 
And our God intends to win it. And he intends to use a people just like you to engage. And I'm seeing them. I'm just seeing them. It's, it's almost like there's a Holy Spirit consciousness coming that says, I'm done now. I'm done with this and I'm going to stand. And I'm going to represent Jesus Christ on this planet. I will not be silent. I will not back down and I will stand in faith. I won't compromise anymore. It's almost an aggressive stand. Why is that? Because Holy Spirit is leading and he's beginning to press. He's saying it everywhere. Oh, I don't, I don't even know where I went today because I just didn't have time to study it through. But almost every week this year, whatever I've declared, somewhere that afternoon or the next, somebody else said the same thing. Somebody prophesied it here. Somebody preached it there. Why? Because Holy Spirit's saying it everywhere and he's going to pray it everywhere and we're going to do it everywhere. Time to engage. Hallelujah. And so, Lord, today, we commit ourselves to put our shoulder to the wheel from this apostolate, from this ecclesia hub. Let the warriors rise, hearing the call. In the spirit realm, Lord, we see the move of God that's now begun. And we believe what your word says, hell can't stop it. Now God, let this word go out, out through America and around the world and let the, the essence of this word get into the heart of your remnant, all everywhere. And say, okay, it's time. Let the united shoulder of the church on earth come against what hell's doing and push it back. Push it back. Push it away. Push it under. Put it under our feet. Let the conscious awareness of this perspective of heaven reach around the world. Reach into the networks, the, the prayer networks, everything. And say, that's it. This is time. It's time to put the shoulder to the wheel. Do it, Lord, we pray. Here's our shoulder, Lord. Shift us into this supernatural push. Supernatural pushback. Give us revelation. Give us understanding. Anoint us. Anoint us for the pushback. Anoint us for the pushback. 